There are five major reasons why God blesses people. One of them is because God is God. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 45. He causes his rain to fall on both the good and the bad. I don't know whether Bill Gates or Dan Gotti loves the Lord, but I think God loves them. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. God blesses people just because he's God. But one other reason why God blesses people is when you learn to celebrate people whose seasons have come. Because you can never attract what you attack. Never. When um, the Lord started, thank you, ma. When the Lord started lifting our heads and we were able to employ a driver, <clears throat> I remember maybe I was going to preach or some, going somewhere and a better car, maybe a Range Rover or a Bentley or whatever, was trying to go and maybe it's even a right of way. I would tell my driver, let that car go. Give that car honor. Because you can't attract what you attack. Let us honor that car. When that car sees that we know how to treat it with respect, one day it will gravitate towards us. And as I speak now, the cars have started gravitating. So when it is time to celebrate people that God has lifted and you squeeze your face like an amoeba is a sign of smallness. Celebrate your man and woman of God. Yes. Celebrate them. They have blessed you. Yes. So where did you keep that? Yes. Since you have stood up to celebrate them, watch out. You will have more than 17 reasons to celebrate before this year ends. Amen is not an encouragement to the preacher. Amen is the acceptance of a divine verdict. You will celebrate before this year ends. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for celebrating them. I love them and there's nothing they can do about it. Hallelujah. Now, Reverend, you have to warn your wife to get me her CD. That CD has done something to my life. And I need it in my car. In fact, I need three. I need it in my husband's car. I need it in my car. I need it in the... I need it. Is it a promise? If not, I won't preach. Thank you, sir. This woman is one of the most powerful and anointed music ministers in the world. In the world. Let's celebrate what we have. My God. Not just singing, but... You can tell that this music comes from a closet ministry. You can tell that this person works with the Lord. Sir, please put that CD out again. Please, please. We honor both of you and the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Preaching is my greatest honor on earth. The ability to share this glorious gospel of Jesus, not as a career, but as an outflow of my work with the Lord. I am one of the most happily married women on earth. Even the devil knows it. 
So I'm not here to fake anything. My husband and I are truly happy by the grace of God. When we got married, we didn't have examples around us. In fact, I did not want to get married. Even my pastor's marriage was nothing to write home about. But the Lord convinced me, and when I decided to be married, I gave the Lord a vow. And I said, I'm going to make a difference. And I thank God because God gave me my friend, a man that knows how to pay the price for my assignment, not my handbag. Don't marry a man because of what he drives. Marry a man because of what drives him. Because if you don't marry that man that can pay the price for your assignment, you and the man will be stranded in life. Your prosperity is inside your vision. Your safety is inside your vision. The poorest man on earth is not a man that has no money in his pockets. It is a man that is visionless. When my husband and I got married, I had only one pair of shoes. Same with him. We didn't even know that it's possible to have two pairs per year. I didn't say per month, per year. Reverend, I remember it was at our wedding reception that my husband started putting, you know, they would give you envelopes in those days. I don't know what happens now. When you get married and... They come and greet the groom and the bride. People will be shaking your hands. Some will be putting envelopes in your hand. As they were putting the envelopes in his hands, and I was saying, thank you for coming, and all that, my husband was passing it to our best man. And when the money reached 80 naira, our best man gave it to somebody who had to quickly run to the market to get us a mattress so we could find a place to sleep when we get home. I still remember that mattress, body foam, <laughs> green color, 18 naira to get us. We had the bed, the man of God, my choir leader, that led me to the Lord Jesus Christ, my Baptist, you know, my Baptist choir leader. He was the one that gave us the bed. My husband just finished from UI. He was serving. I was in part one, going to part two. He was 30, I was 22. And we just felt we should marry. We should get married. The Bible says it's better to marry than to born. But I knew I was getting married to a man that has a vision. A man that understood destiny. Today, if we are to open a factory of mattress, we won't need to pray too much. By the time I see Reverend. <laughs> we don't need to pray too much. So tonight I'll be speaking to both the married and the single. Separated, divorced, widow, whatever your marital status is. Please listen and listen carefully. As I speak to you tonight from my spirit on marriages for destiny. Can I just flow from my spirit, woman of God? Marriages for destiny. When God created humanity, he decided to bless humanity with the institution of marriage. Marriage is not the idea of any man. Marriage is the idea of God. That is why you need God if your marriage is going to succeed. Five things are the most important things on earth. God, you, your marriage or your family life, your career and your relationships. God, you, your marriage or your family life, your career and your relationships. God, you, your family life or your marriage, your career and your relationships. 
If you succeed in these five areas, you are truly a success. If you fail in these five areas, you are a colossal failure. Therefore, it's important for you to take advantage of God on earth. There is a shape, there is a vacuum in the, in the heart of every human being that is God-shaped. Money cannot fill it. Nothing can fill it. Only God. God did not create a world in which he will not be needed. So it's important for you to make sure that you decide on who to marry in the presence of the creator and the manufacturer of marriage. God himself. As a single person, consult God before you go into marriage. Marriage is not a weekend affair. It's a lifetime event. And I used to say this. If you are from Yoruba land, you will understand what I'm saying. Well, I don't know other cultures too. This is what marriage looks like. You know the masquerade and the masquerader. The masquerade is the cloth. The masquerader is the person that puts on the masquerade. So, when the masquerader puts on the masquerade and is going in the heat of the afternoon and suddenly he farts, he cannot remove the masquerade and say, I need fresh air. No. He will sit under it and be enjoying. The only thing he can do is to pray for fresh air to come on time. That is marriage. Your spouse will fart. You cannot say, ah, I'm going out to, ah. No, you will enjoy it. You will enjoy it. That is the biblical way of handling marriage. <laughs> that is it. So, because your life depends on it, you cannot afford to marry just anybody. There is no institution on earth where your Christianity is tried like the institution of marriage. When you get married, you move from patience to endurance. From endurance to long-suffering. There's no institution where you need forgiveness and where you need to give forgiveness like the institution of marriage. Close one eye in prayer. Open the other one in looking before you get married. They say marriage is blind. <laughs> they say love is blind. Love is blind. Marriage is the eye open now. Look before you leap. There are men today. And there are women today. That will have gone faster. Further. And better than where they are today, if not that they missed it in marriage. There are people whose lives and destinies will have mattered, if not that they missed it in marriage. If you're not called into the institution of marriage, it's a different thing, but if you miss it in marriage, I can conclusively tell you that over 90% of your life is at risk. So look very well. Before you go into marriage, consider four major things. 
Number one is spiritual maturity. Be born again. And when you are born again, grow in the Lord. Don't just get married now. Beg your pardon. Don't get born again now. And then the next thing is marriage. Marriage is not for boys and girls. Walk with the Lord. Be sound spiritually. Because it takes the, 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 the spiritual strength, the strength on the inside to carry the weight on the outside. You also need physical maturity. When your spouse introduces you, we should not be looking for you on the ground. You are 19 years old or you are 16 years old, you are 11 years old. Marriage is not the next thing. You can pray about marriage, but it's not the next thing. Go and pass jam. And get ready. Number three, you must be emotionally mature. There are times when, as a man, your wife will want to cry over your shoulders. Is Pastor Roti in church? Okay. Your wife will want to cry over you. Please come to the front. That's a pastor. Please, please help me honor him. If there's no seat, come and take my seat. That's one of our faithful men. It's an engineer. Solid, solid man of God. Some agape pastors are here. Please help me honor them. Oh, pastor, are you? I can't see you. Please, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. You must be emotionally mature. Your, your wife may want to cry sometimes over your shoulders. And women, we have the gift of crying. I may not go into that tonight. But if you are not mature emotionally, if your life is still tied to the aprons of your mother, while your wife is crying, eh, you'll be crying, ah, and your child will be crying, Meh. so to become a family of town criers. So you must be emotionally mature. Number four, you must be financially mature. I'm not being materialistic, but I am being realistic. You cannot claim none after nine months of marriage. Kirikiri can claim the person. So one of you should have a job. And don't wait for the government to get you a job. Think and do something. My husband and I are full-time ministers of the gospel, we are also full-time business people. I don't know the color of our offering at church, and I don't want to know. I'm a kingdom, whatever. So, do something with your life. Don't just sit down and be speaking in tongues at 11 a.m. The angels don't even understand what you are saying. It is a sign of laziness. Wake up and do something with your life. I've written and published 80 books. My books are on Amazon. Every month, something comes to my American account from that. Think. I don't go to bed when my mates go to bed. I told God many years ago that I don't want to die as a woman. I want to die as an institution. That after I'm gone, they will still be doing research about my life. I don't want to be an ordinary wife. I don't want a regular anointing. You must be ready to pay the price. I want my husband to wake up once in a while, just stare at me while I'm sleeping and give thanks to the Lord. So invest into your life now and do something with your life. All this gallivanting around and having 15 friends, it won't pay you. It won't do you any good. Do something with your hand. Work with your hand. It is not every woman or every wife that the husband can send packing. When the man remembers that if you go, 
the blinds are going, the TV is going, the carpet is going to say, we should not be fighting this homo, you know. We should not be fighting. So invest into your life as a single person. I stand here tonight to say that a great Christian marriage is a salary paid by God. Serve God. My husband was the most active brother in our church. I was the most active sister. We didn't know we were going to be married. God pays salary. I started sweeping almost 40 years ago. I still sweep in church as a bishop's wife. And I will sweep till Jesus comes. And because I travel a lot, I have employed someone who comes to church every Saturday to clean. And I pay. Serve God. What is speaking for you on the altar? You allow your child to be running around and be playing with instruments of worship. These are not just equipment. They are instruments of worship. That is why some people's prayers are not hard. The child will go there after service and be beaten and say, I leave him. He's a small child. What? The destiny can be retarded because of that. You eat chewing gum and then you stick it on the chairs in church. You are passing. You see, you saw a piece of paper in your father's house. You just pretend and then you walk away and you wonder why your prayers are not answered. Serve God. A good marriage is a salary paid. Serve him. I was in a Korodu yesterday and I was sharing this testimony. My junior sister lived with me for 11 years. She'll be 50 in a few days' time. And she served me. God helped us to give her a befitting um, wedding. I thank God her husband is even here tonight. So this testimony is, is, is real. After the, the wedding, she didn't conceive first year, second year. And I was wondering, Lord, what's going on here? Lola served me, and part of your grace for my life is to help women or families that are believing you. How come that my own sister does not have a child? Hear what God said to me. In the place of prayer. Every time the angels brought Lola's babies, she was absent from church. I said, what? No, Lord. Lola is always in church. Every service is there. Hear what the Lord said to me next. The angels have been instructed not to take her babies to the main service, but to choir rehearsals. Because my sister was waiting on the Lord, she left the choir. She was a singer, so she left. God comes late when he wants to come big. Don't give up at a quarter to your miracle. So when you come for choir rehearsal, don't think you're just joking. The angels are there. God is there. He's sending blessings. I called my sister. How many ears do you have? God just spoke to me about you. She went back to the choir. Two weeks after she got pregnant. Today she has a girl and a boy. Serve God as a single person. I wish I can tell you this. In any language you will understand. Serve God. God waits there. Serve him with your money. Serve him with your time. Don't listen to any rubbish on the internet. Oh. The Bible is real. Heaven and earth can pass. Not a, a little will pass. Before the foundation of the earth, the principles of God have been there. It doesn't matter who is writing grammar. The women. I said this, and I'm saying it again. Any man that insists on sleeping with you is a bicycle. Wait for your Bentley. If a man slaps you while you are in courtship, don't marry him. He will kill you after marriage. 
If a woman locks your tie while you are still dating her, don't marry her. Your greatest need or one of your greatest needs as a man is respect. Don't marry a woman that doesn't respect you. Don't marry a man that does not respect you. Respect is crucial. When you get into marriage, that is when you realize that sex is not 24-7. A time comes when the generator is packing up already. You are tired. If there's no that thing that sustains that marriage, then it will fall apart. So it's not just about sex. Vision is important. Love is important, but love is not everything. There are days you wake up and you don't feel love in your heart. But it's not precious. Storms will come. In my study, there are 14 kinds of storms that blow against every marriage. Whether you are married to the most anointed or to a devil. Once it is marriage, storms will come. So please, as a single person, it's important for you. Life is not governed by miracles. It is governed by principles. Genesis 8.22 While the earth remaineth seed, time, harvest. Don't break anybody's home. Don't sleep with your boss in the office. 100 women are waiting to sleep with your husband. If you don't want to repeat, don't sow it. Don't sleep with a man of God. Dress properly as a single person. Dress well. Cover your nakedness. Don't wear a dress that you must be pulling it down and pulling it down. You too, you know you, something is wrong. Pull it down. And then you come to church, you don't even take a scarf to cover it. And you know the dress is short. And you wonder why you are being raped. There's no excuse for rape. Rapists have mental issues. But I'm just asking you to please dress well as a single person. When you are in courtship, I'll soon be done with the singles and then I'll just go quickly into, you know, because I don't want the singles to go home without also taking something. When you are in courtship, discuss about the future. Don't just go to Mr. Biggs and be eating chocolate and eating whatever. Talk about your destiny. Talk about it. What do you want to become? What do you want to do? Talk about your accounts. Talk about the number of children. Talk about destiny. Marriage is for destiny. Don't just waste your time sleeping around. When it is time for you to meet your parents-in-law-to-be as a single person. How many singles do we have here? Let me know. Okay, so it's fine. When you go there as a man to meet your parents-in-law-to-be, dress properly, take a gift along. If there are little kids there, give them money. They will serve you food, but please don't finish it. Even if you are hungry, carry yourself with dignity. Discuss intelligently. Present a gift to the father. Prostrate. Let your chin touch the ground. If you are Yoruba, if I don't know your culture, give that man and that woman the highest level of honor in your culture and in their culture. But as a lady, when you are going, be properly dressed. Be very comfortable. Don't wear shoes that you'll be doing like this and dangling. And then you don't even, you know. Please, don't. When you get there, I'm speaking from my, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm speaking from my Yoruba cultural point of view. When you get there, kneel down and greet them. And don't stand up until they tell you to stand up. And don't stare at them. <laughs> Just kneel down and be looking down. Yes, ma'am. Yes. 
Yes, ma. Yes, ma. Say, ah, stand up, my daughter. Thank you, ma. Thank you, ma. You know, even if you are an extrovert, a fool when he keeps quiet. When you enter the living room, sit on the first seat. Don't walk down the eyes looking everywhere. Hey. <laughs> sit on the first seat, except they tell you to move. And when you sit down, don't be turning your neck everywhere. Even if there's nobody in the room, they may be peeping through the keyhole. It is your entrance exam. It's your jam. So, behave. This is what we call native intelligence. When you sit down like that and you want to look around, don't turn your neck. You can only turn your eyes. With style. Just turn your eyes. Of course, I know when they serve you food, you won't finish it. But if the meat is hard, don't pull it. Just leave their food. Thank you, man. Go and drink Gary when you get back home. The moment you finish, carry the plate, locate the kitchen. You say, ah, this girl has home training. When they ask you one question, answer as briefly as possible. Where are you from? I bet a local government of the Nigerian state of... The Brief answer. If the TV is on or they are discussing, don't put mouth. Ah, oh, Pastor, that was what he did in 19. Hey, shh. Many have failed because of that. The mother will just pull the son. Is this the one you want to marry? This one that doesn't have shamefacedness. Let me pause. And then some other time, I'll talk about other things with the singles because I want to. If you are a widow here, sometimes bad things happen to good people. You are part of the family. It's a family summit. So we have a word for you. Do not let the devil make you feel that you are the chiefest of sinners. The worst part of your life is gone. The best is still ahead of you. Don't go into adultery because you think your husband is dead. If you feel like remarrying, go ahead. The Bible allows you. Your Boaz is on the way. Go ahead and get married. If you must sell the last wrapper to train your kids, do it. Don't let tears be your food. Somebody says you should not cry. I don't agree. Cry. It will bring you healing. If you feel like crying, cry. But please do not allow your health to deteriorate because of your sorrow. Don't grieve as an unbeliever. Some will say, when they were burying the husband, I said I would never remarry. You said those things in pains, and you can use the blood of Jesus to overtake those things, rather than mess around. You are separated or you are divorced. Do not think that that's the end of your life. We may not be able to give you a general counsel concerning that. See your pastor or see someone that you respect and take counsel. A man left you 15 years ago. He's remarried. He's got three children. You are still here, biting and loosing and calling him back. What for? Move on. Move on. He doesn't know what he has lost. 
Don't, don't sit down and put your life on hold because a man jilted you or because a man left you. You're separated, you are divorced. It's important for you to live your life. Marriage is not what completes a person. If you're an incomplete person, you will marry an incomplete person and you will have an incomplete marriage. Don't put your life on hold because you are single or because you are a widow. Enjoy your life. It is just one. Laugh. Be happy. It's a choice. One of the greatest causes of cancer in women is bitterness. So choose to be happy. I made up my mind when I turned 55 years ago that from now on, I will not allow anybody to be in charge of my life. I will not hand over the driver's seat of my life to anybody. I will dress with my future in mind. I will be happy. The day I feel like opening a bottle of, of um, wine, boom, I celebrate myself. Some of you, you walk, 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 walk. When last did you go to the salon or to the spa to have a pedicure? I say, what, what's that? I'm not speaking in tongues. I'm saying you go to the spa, they give you warm water, they put your feet inside, they soak it. While you are reading a magazine, not the book of Habakkuk. <laughs> Relax. Many pastors die because they don't know when to say enough is enough. You cut the load of the ministry, 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 ministry. This thing called the pulpit can kill. Once in a while, you and your wife and your children take a break. If it is God's church, you will take it back when you come. Nobody can take it. Please, let's learn. It's very un-African. Let's learn to take a break. I was very happy when my husband and I we were on the ship for a few days. I was happy that no church member, no church member was there. <laughs> he was in his short knicker. I was in my short knicker. I put on my bones. Just enjoying ice cream. This one. Say, ah, thank you, Jesus. Nobody is here. Seven days. Nobody. No church. Ah. No network. We're on the ship. Once in a while, it doesn't cost you a fortune. How much did we pay? Just Google and get something. A man died some time ago and his children removed all the car keys and all the house keys and they put the bunch on his chest in the casket. Daddy, you forgot your keys. Life, 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 life. You must have this, you must have that. You won't sleep in three rooms. You won't drive two cars. Enjoy your life. Walk, 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 walk. Some of us, that was how our parents died. Enjoy yourself. Even when we were not this blessed, my husband, sometimes I remember, he would sack the drivers, quote and unquote, and by himself, he would drive us from Akure to Obudu Ranch. Put the kids in the car, load us with food. We got to Abuja, checked into the hotel, two days. Just family time. Move from there to Joss, from there to, you know. Can we ever forget? Some of you fathers, there are four kinds of fathers. So some of you are saying she has not opened the Bible. It's Bible I'm talking since. It's Bible I am talking. I've been talking Bible, Bible. Not jazz. Since you have been opening Bible, opening Bible, let us pause and let's talk practical. Practical with this family. Let's talk practical. Can we ever 
forget that kind of experience. Some of you, you are so busy, so busy, so busy. And you don't know that you have only three seasons in your children's lives. First season, you are in charge. Second season, they are in charge of their lives. Third season, they are in charge of their lives and your life. Different kinds of fathers, absentee fathers. They are never there. They are always in church. When Israel sinned, Moses went before the Lord. Father, forgive them. When Moses sinned, no church member interceded for him. Church, 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 church. I'm a pastor's wife, so I know what I'm talking about. And this is important for pastors. You are so busy, you hardly touch your wife. My husband is writing a book titled, Every Pastor is a Polygamist. Is it not true? Money, church. Your wife says, I need a wig. I need turquoise blue now. I need something, something. Ah, that's project. You know, we have to do it too, you know. And that woman has been suffering with you, suffering with you, suffering with you. Church, 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 church. And some of these people that you are even dying for, they leave your church. Some of them, it was this altar that blessed them. They go and share the testimony on another altar. People you have died, you, you are almost dead for. When you were driving to go and pray for them at the hospital for their son, you almost had an accident. They said, we will be with you, daddy, forever. Where are they today? And yet you don't have time for your wife and your children. And those children are going to leave you very soon. If they don't leave you, you'll be the one praying that they should leave. So now that you have them, you better be there. Absentee fathers. Business, business, business. Coke, coke, coke. MTN, MTN, MTN. Provide for your home. Be there for your children. I remember when our kids were growing. My husband will leave Akure. He will tell me, just stay. He will put the kids in the car. Go to Ife. Drive to Ife. University of Ife. Who are you? He will make them sit on the grass and tell them his life history. All of you must attend university. Polytechnic is good, but it is university I want you to. He will explain life to them. When our children were getting married, my husband will have sessions with each of them, male, female. This is, how, this is what a man wants. This is what a woman wants. This is this and that. Creating time for us. So I told him, I said, if you sneeze in church, I will be blessed. Because you live what you preach. And you make us feel that church didn't steal you from us. Our daughter was getting married when I went to Canada, my husband and I. And then we stopped in Houston. I was at the hotel. I was in the room. He just called the room on intercom. Oh, Lord, he come downstairs. I came downstairs. He said, our daughter is getting married, but I want to prove to everybody and to you in particular that it's not only the bride that is important. The bride's mother is also important. This is a car gift to the bride's mother, Range Rover. Can I ever forget? If the man coughs in church, I'm writing. I'm writing. Why will I not honor him? Can't you see the way Mrs. Sanso is doing? Do you do the same for your wife? Absentee fathers. Time is going. Wake up. Abusive fathers. All they know is shout, slap, this, that. Don't you, no, no, no. you want to disgrace me? Don't you know God has called me to ministry? You won't come to church? Blah, blah, blah. Calm down, old daddy. This thing not be by force. You have to explain. Because many parents are very, very selfish. 
It's just about us. I don't want the ministry to be disgraced. I don't want so to be disgraced. Don't you know my name? The name I've been building all these years. Children have feelings. Listen to their children. They are speaking. Your child says, I don't want to go to school. Don't say, you must go today. You go and look for a steering road. Maybe somebody's abusing that child in school. Listen to your children. A grandfather impregnated the granddaughter recently. The children went on vacation. Listen. If you still have kids, don't allow anybody to, to take their bath for them. Clean their private part. Be there. Fathers, be present in your children's lives. It was my father that simplified my relationship with my heavenly father. He was my best friend. And many African fathers, go to your mommy, go to your mommy, that's what you do. Family summit. Men, please wake up. The children bear your name. Have a relationship with your daughters. Psychologists have discovered that when you hug teenagers, you help them to go through that phase easily. Don't let ministry come between you and your children. Don't let your children hate the God that you represent. If your Christianity does not work at home, don't bother to export it. We have permissive fathers. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's fine. It's fine. Anything. Go to mommy. Mom will lead the prayer. Mommy will do Bible study. Mommy will uh, permissive. Like Eli. Abusive like Saul. Who took a javelin and was going to kill his own son. May God give us understanding. Yeah. Marriage is hard work. But it's worth it. I want to close by sharing a few tips with married people. No good marriage is picked on the streets. You have to work hard on it. Husbands, please, treat your wives well. Don't abuse your wife psychologically, emotionally, physically, and in any other area. Validate your wife. When a woman gets into her 30s, as soon as she gets to 35, she's feeling old. She's feeling ugly. It's important for you to consistently and constantly validate her. Honor her. Let her know she's special. Let her know she's important to you. Every man, no matter how anointed, is a hunter. That's the way God has created men. They are headliners. They are affected by what they see. It's hard for a woman to pass and a, and a man will not turn. It takes serious discipline. Commitment to the eyes. A woman is affected by what she sees. But as a man, please stop dishonoring your wife. You are full of compliments to outsiders. But none at home. It's only her mistakes you talk about. There are five major things you should do for your wife as a man. Number one, protect your wife. Ephesians chapter 5 encourages us, protect your wife. That was why on your wedding day, your right hand was free. It was free, so you could use it to defend her. You held her with the left hand, which is very close to your heart, the left ventricles. 
from Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 21, the Bible says submitting one to another. And we always jump that verse 21. We start from verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands. The same God that allowed that to be put there, put that verse 21. There are husbands that don't listen to their wives. I told some men recently, when your wife calls you, hello dear, just to find out where you are. Why are you calling me? Why did you become a monitoring spirit? Leave me, I'm a man. Eh. The day you will get lost. <laughs> they will say, ah, that's how it goes. He has, they will know you, you have been kidnapped. God forbid. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm a man. You are a man. Some men are tigers. Protect your wife. Protect the interests of your family. Be there. Be the spiritual leader. Number two, permit your wife. Let her fulfill destiny. Let your wife fulfill destiny. Hmm. Whatever your wife can do that you know is she's very good at it, let her do it. Don't just say you are the Lord, you are everything in the home. Permit her. As a pastor, let your wife bring in her strength. And as a woman, please don't lord anything over your husband. If I have the time, I'll get into that. Don't, you know, as your man permits you, honor him. We've been married 34 years. For 25 solid years, I greeted my husband every morning on my knees. The two. When I turned 50, I told him I'm aging. So I took permission. But I still give him honor. Sometimes I wake my husband up with a love song. The man is coming from the sleep and I'm singing to his ears, touching his head. He's a man of God, but he's first a man, then of God. So as I'm singing, the man is waking up. Good morning, darling. What do you want? Ask me up to half of the kingdom. I said, I don't even want anything. I just want you to know that you are special. You have honor everywhere, but you have honor in this home. My husband's glass cup is different in the house. Nobody uses it. He's the Lord in that home. So I say, woman, if your husband is going to permit you and make you fulfill destiny, you must honor him. When my husband, if my husband says it now, I will stop or pause. And you'll hear something like this from my mouth. Your excellency. You're welcome, your royal majesty. That's my husband. Some of you women are here. The same plate your husband has been using to eat since creation of states is still the same one you've been using to serve him. But when guests come, hey, you'll be sweating. Carry this one, carry that one. Remember this. Hey, hey, hey. Salad here, ice cream here, that one there. But your husband, that's your most important guest. Change his plates regularly, his cutlery, his cup. Let him feel special. Dish his food. Don't just put his food there. Rice, soup, everything you put together. Your food is on the table. Go and microwave it. And you expect to have honor. Treat your husband with dignity. Treat him with, with honor. Massage his ego. Men have ego. Understand your husband and massage his ego. Call him great names. Don't ever disrespect him. In the presence of the third party, let your bedroom be your courtroom. 
It's a sign of immaturity to use sex as a weapon. Your husband wants to sleep with you. You say you are sick. Every night you are sick. What's the nature of the sickness? My head, my shoulder, my knees, my toes. Everywhere is paining me. Everywhere is just paining me. Bring variety to your sex life. How come that is the woman that is always below every time? When the Bible says that shall be above only. Missionary trip every time is missionary. Missionary. Bring some fun to your marriage. If you need to check into the hotel once in a while, go ahead and do it. And some of you, the reason why your sex life is bad is because you don't exercise. Every morning I jump up minimum of 100 or 200 times before I have my bath. I'm 55. Some of you are 35. <laughs> jump! I don't want to be asleep, but I want my heart to be fit. Don't sit down on the bed, 10 o'clock, you eat pandedian plus bush meat, and then you now add it with martina and milk. You are digging your own grave with your teeth. You are knocking on the door of the Ministry of Cholesterol. The size of your tummy should be very close to the size of your neck. That's how to be healthy. So let's keep working. All of us cannot be slim, but you must be fit. You must be fit. They said there is a research that if you sit down every day for 30 minutes without standing up, you cut short your life by 10 years. So what? Sometimes, instead of the lift, go on the escalator, go on the, on the stairs. Sometimes, instead of driving, walk. Husband and wife, it binds you together. Walk. Can I say this to women as I close? I'm so sorry, I didn't even open. You told me to just flow from my heart. Women, dress well. All this looking 67 at 37 is enough. Be a different woman to your husband every time. A research was conducted and it was discovered that the male species loves variety. A cock was brought to make love to a particular hen. After the fifth round, it couldn't go on. The same cock was dropped among many hens. It went 15 rounds. So it was concluded, the research took eight years. It was concluded that the male species likes variety. And because your husband is born again, he's a man of God, he's a Christian, he wants to go to heaven, he, doesn't, he cannot be tasting women all around. You, as his wife, must keep changing. Thank God for a wig. Today it is Bob Marley, tomorrow it is short. Next tomorrow is, uh, if you see me tomorrow night, it may not be this one that you'll find. Sometimes you are looking for yourself, where am I? <laughs> but that's, that's the variety we're talking about. Once in a while, put on just your spaghetti and your short sneaker. Saturday morning, you are permitted to tempt your husband. Some of you, the only nightwear you have is the one your grandmother put in her will for you. 1926. You now tie a pie in the room, in the house. When your pastor is coming, you quickly remove your net. There is pastor, pastor, pastor. When the man is gone, you remove everything. You tie a pie. So your husband is not important. 
I've said this over and over. Every woman should have a minimum of two kinds of nightwears. The first one is the regular one. But the second one is what I call transparent honesty. Time to your husband. Don't dress like a panel beating Volkswagen car. Be attractive. When you see some men, you say, wow. But when you see their wives, you are, you are wondering if this is the grandmother or whatever. Carry yourself with dignity as a woman. Dress very well. You don't need a fortune to dress well. Be neat. When I come to your house and I want to use the restroom, I say, please wait, man. Wait, wait. Let me. I know you're a very rough woman. When I enter your car, in one minute, I can tell if you're a neat person. Your kitchen, I can tell. Be neat. Be clean. No man wants to bring his friends to the house and everywhere is smelly. It's a lot to work and men too should help their wives. Don't just say she's the one that will cook, she's the one that will carry the pregnancy, she's the one that will break, she's the one that will do it. Help! This is what we've been doing in 34 years. So my husband will continually have honor. Not that the children are even gone. Don't kill your wife. It's pounded yam I want to eat. I am from a kitty. You better go to the kitchen. I go to the kitchen and cook it. Don't kill them. You want to kill the woman? You both went to church. You both went to the office. They say you are an African man. You are demon possessed. And you need deliverance. Even the Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 22 prepared breakfast for the, for the disciples. Jesus, oh, the almighty Jesus. When last did you prepare breakfast for your wife? Breakfast in bed. The Lord prepared it. He taught us everything. Some husbands, they are the, they are the high priest there that cannot be taught. Is that a high priest? Like my father would say, they are low priests. When last did you help your wife in the kitchen? When last did you tell your wife, after service today, nobody is cooking, Joe, uh -uh, we're going out to eat. When last did you bring a bouquet for your wife? A rose. When last did you carry your wife? Wedding day, 1985. <laughs> that was the last time you carried your wife. When last did you open the car door for your wife? When last did you, did you express, you know, public display of affection? When last... Some of you pastors, you are so spiritual. Lost in the book of Zephaniah every Saturday. You cannot touch your wives. In church, you are always straight. Oh Lord, touch your wife. Sometimes pretend as if it's program you are talking about. Just whisper to her. I just want to say I love you. Don't let anybody know. Church, we think you are doing program. But the woman is, oh my kayabo shantala. <laughs> I close with the book of Luke chapter number 8 from verse 4 to 8. There are four kinds of marriages. Luke chapter number 4, number 8. Can you put it on the screen for me? The Bible says, And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spoke by a parable. Be very fast, please. He so I went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. That's the first kind of marriage. Family, wayside marriage. They take care of everybody except themselves. Take care of ministry. Take care of people. Take care of that. Take care of that. Wayside. And it was trodden down. And the fowls of the air devoured it. Number one. Number two, some fell upon a rock. A rock of beauty. A rock of relationship. A rock of whatever. As soon as it was sprung up, it withered because it lacked moisture. Number three, 
Some fell among tons. Generational causes, sicknesses, in-laws that are troublesome, winds that are just blowing. I'm going to be praying for everyone here tonight. And they choked it. Many marriages have been choked because there's no wisdom to manage. Husband is not in charge of his family. The family comes around, the mother comes around, the brothers come around, they mess up the wife, they scatter everything, and then they say, it's our brother's house. And the man is so immature, he cannot deal with them. And many marriages are being choked today. Some are being choked by adultery. Choked by all sorts of things. And the last one, it fell on a good ground. That's God's desire for you. But this good ground, some 30%, some 60%. Proverbs 4, 18, the path of the justice at the shining light. In case your marriage is at 30%, God wants you to move and excel so that you can fulfill destiny. In case you are here tonight, you are not born again. That's the starting point for destiny fulfillment and for a great happy home. And in case there's any issue, maybe health, or there's one woman troubling your marriage, or there's one situation, maybe financial, maybe anything. Tonight, as we stand together in faith, and we stand upon the authority of God's word, we destroy whatever is choking your marriage in the name of Jesus. Raise your right hand to heaven. I bless these hands in the name of Jesus. Whatever is your own status or situation, may God answer you. May God sort you out. May he deliver you. May he do you good. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May your path shine brighter and brighter. If there's any generational cause that is causing delay in achievement, I curse it today in the name of Jesus. By this time next year, some of you that are supposed to be married and you are not yet married, God will have made a way for you. There will be joy in your heart. Those of you believing God for the blessing of the womb, receive your own. This is your season. Whatever storm is blowing against your marriage, by reason of the word of God, we command storm be still in the name of Jesus. Everybody receive a blessing tonight. You will fulfill destiny. You will fulfill purpose. And when your days of joy come, nobody will represent you. I bless you tonight in the name of Jesus. Is there anyone here you want to give your heart to Jesus? Just put your right hand on your chest and say after me. I want the whole church to please encourage them and say it together. My Father and my God, I come to you tonight as a sinner. Please forgive me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Today, I am saved. I thank you, Father, for hearing me. For I have prayed in Jesus' name. Lord, I commit these precious people to your hands. When Jesus comes, let them be a part of the wedding gift. The yoke of sin is destroyed in their lives. We will all make heaven. I bless this ministry in the name of Jesus. Move to the next level. Let God cause queens of Sheba to come here. With sheaves in their hands. It is done. Everyone that wishes this ministry well, may your prayers be heard. May your prayers be answered. May the Lord do you good. You will not bury your children. You will not suddenly become widows or widowers. Your path will shine brighter and brighter. Thank you, Father, because I know you have heard us. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Let that amen be very loud. Let's give the Lord Jesus a big hand, a big hand. A big hand. 
Hallelujah.